Welcome to the Beacon of Hope podcast. This is Pastor Manning coming to you from Lighthouse Baptist Church, 2032 Cedar Hill Road in Lancaster, Ohio. We're returning to our series on, for such a time as this, episodes in Esther. There have been so far 10 in this series. The first one was episode 158, which was introduction. Then episode 160 has the queen removed. Episode 161 has meeting the people. Episode 164, A Queen is Chosen. Episode 167 is entitled, The Rise of Haman, Hater of the Jews. 168 is the Deadly Commandment. 171 is Reaction of the Condemned. 172, Reluctance, Revelation, and Resolve. 182 is Before the King. And then our last one had been episode 184, Pride's Ugly Face. We're going to begin in Esther chapter 6 today. What has happened up to this point is the fact that Esther has found out that there has been a decree signed by this evil man named Haman under the king's authority that on a certain date that all the people in the 127 provinces of this great kingdom may attack the Jewish people. It is very much as it was on what was called Crystal Night under Adolf Hitler's uh, ascendancy to power when people were allowed to attack the Jewish uh, shopkeepers and homes and beat some of them, kill others, steal their property, and could do so with impunity while Hitler's stormtroopers stood by and watched. And that was done by the Nazi party, or as it was actually correctly known then, the National Socialist Democrat. Party. And so uh, this thing uh, in Ahasuerus' day was going to be very much uh, the same as what would happen later under Hitler. The people were going to be able to, the people of the kingdom were going to be able to turn on the Jewish people, kill them, do whatever manner of thing they wanted to them, and take their goods, and it would be lawfully supported. Well, Esther had appeared at the risk of her own life. She had appeared before the king and ask if she could meet with the king and with Haman. She did so, prepared a banquet for them, and uh, the king was intrigued by it, and, and Esther was showing wisdom. She had had herself and her maidens, and then uh, her cousin who had raised her, Mordecai, and, and the Jewish people in Shushan, the palace, they had prayed and fasted. And then when Esther did this, uh, she intrigued the king and said, come back. The king says, ah, what do you want? I'll give you anything up to half the kingdom. She said, I want to meet with you and Haman again. And so the king was very, very uh, intrigued by that. And uh, they ended that banquet and went their ways. And Haman, he left out. And boy, he was so excited, very prideful, very arrogant man. And, and he was so excited that he had been brought into this banquet with just the king and Esther. And uh, he was going along, but then he saw something that totally upset him and ruined his happy day, as it were. And that was Mordecai, the Jew, Esther's cousin that had raised her like a father. Mordecai was sitting in the gate of the king and he did not bow to Haman as he came by. And Haman was just so upset about this and, uh, and it just really bothered him. And then when he got home, he, uh, he was, uh, uh, he was uh, bragging on himself and bragging on how great he was to his wife, Zeresh, and to all his friends. And uh, finally, Zeresh uh, brought out this idea, and his friends agreed with it. They said, if Mordecai is bothering you so bad, 
Haman, you're a very powerful man. You're right under the king. Build a giant gallows and hang him. And they all said, That's, this guy's bothering you. Just kill him. Get rid of him. And boy, Mordecai, or excuse me, Haman said, that's exactly what I do. And he was excited about, well, that's what had been going on. And then, so the gallows is being built on which Mordecai is to be killed. The Jews are going to be exterminated. And now it's the night before all this is getting ready to happen. And Ahasuerus, the king, runs into a problem with his sleep. That's where I begin reading with you in chapter 6. It says, on that night, could not the king sleep? And he commanded to bring the book of records of the Chronicles, and they were read before the king. What this is, is a history of the kingdom, the day-by-day actions. This happened on this day, and this happened on this day, and this happened at this time. In other words, he brought something very bland to be read to him, maybe to put him back to sleep. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bigthan and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door. These were men who guarded the door to the king's bedroom, as it were, who sought to lay hands on the king Hashuerus. This had been taught about in uh, chapter 2, verses 21 through 23, and we'd covered it in an earlier podcast that, uh, that these two men were seeking to assassinate the king, and Mordecai found out about it, sent word to Esther. Esther certified it in Mordecai's name, sent word, and and these men were taken in. They were tried, found guilty of plotting assassination of the king, and they were both hanged. So that's what this is talking about. I I begin the verse again. It says, it was found written that Mordecai told a big thing, and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door who sought to lay hand on the king Hashuerus. And the king said, What honor and dignity hath been done to Mordecai for this? Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, There's nothing done for him. And the king said, Who's in the court? Now Haman was coming to the outward court of the king's house to speak to the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. You see God's timing in this. Haman's coming in to get permission to hang Mordecai and, and, and the king had just had this read where Mordecai would, had, had, had saved his life. And the king's servant said unto him, Behold, Haman standeth in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in and the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, Watch how proud and arrogant this guy is. Watch this. This is amazing. Now Haman thought in his heart, to whom would the king delight to do honor more than to myself? You talk about a sickening fellow. You talk about an arrogant fellow. The king says, I want to honor somebody. And the immediate thought of Haman's heart is, well, who would he want to honor more than me? Boy, that goes to the Bible where it says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. In Proverbs 16, verse 18. And Haman answered the king. Now, you, you remember, he's thinking, oh, this is going to be done for me, so he's building this up really good. And Haman answered the king, for the man whom the king delighted to honor, let the royal apparel, apparel be brought that the king used to wear, 
And the horse that the king rideth upon and the crown royal, which is set upon his head. In other words, make him look like the king in every way. And let this apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array the man with all whom the king delighted to honor and bring him in on horseback through the street of the city and proclaim before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delighted to honor. So he said, I'll tell you what you need to do. This is what Haman wanted done for himself because, of course, king wants to honor somebody, so Haman figures it must be him, you know. And he says, you give him the clothes that you used to wear. You get your horse. You get the crown. You set him up on there and you get one of your most powerful servants and you have him run before the source and say, this is the man the king wants to honor. He said, that's what you ought to do for this man. Then the king said to Haman, make haste and take the apparel and the horse as thou hast said and do even so to Mordecai the Jew that setteth at the king's gate, let nothing fail of all that thou hast spoken. That is absolutely delicious. You know, it's interesting. I went back and checked. And when Haman had asked permission to exterminate a set of people, actually commit genocide, he had merely told the king, there are people dispersed in your kingdom that are different than everybody else. They're nothing but trouble. And, uh, it's not to your profit to keep them in the kingdom, king. They're going to hurt you. These people are after you. And if you'll just give me permission, um, I'll have people attack them and root them out. And I'll even pay for this to be done. You know, the king didn't even ask who these people were. So when the king says, you do this to Mordecai the Jew, he doesn't know that he just said, you go honor somebody who's of the group that you had wanted to kill. So this is amazing what happened. Verse 11. Then took Haman the apparel and the horse and arrayed Mordecai and brought him on horseback through the street of the city and proclaimed before him, Thus shall it be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor. You know what's absolutely amazing is God set this thing up to where Mordecai, who would not bow down to Haman because Mordecai was a Jew, is now having Haman run in front of him and proclaim how great he is. What a terrible day this had been for Haman. Oh, by the way, in verses one through three, when the people read in the Chronicles of the King and how of the kingdom and how Mordecai had delivered the king. You know, Mordecai had warned Esther earlier when he told her that she needed to go in before the king. And she said, I can't do that. He might kill me because I haven't been asked to come in. And he said, don't think because you're in the the, the uh, uh, palace that your life will be spared. And who knows, God may have raised you up for this time. I'm paraphrasing here. He may have raised you up for this time, you know, for such a time as this. And if you don't, Speak up. If you all together hold your peace, he said, God will raise deliverance from another place. This could have been the alternate plan that if Esther didn't do what she should do, perhaps Mordecai would have been the avenue for deliverance from the Jews. I don't know for sure, but I do know this. God's purpose is going to be accomplished. And the issue is not whether or not God's purpose is going to be accomplished. The issue comes down to this. 
Are we going to get to be a part of that purpose or are we going to be found to be going against that purpose? Haman here, oh my goodness, can you imagine this prideful, arrogant man running through the city having to proclaim before the man that he hates most of anybody in the world, this is a great man. Look what the king's doing for him. And what happens next is absolutely amazing. You'll have to tune into the next episode of this. And uh, I hope that you'll plan on doing so. If you want to be prepared for that, read Esther 6, 12 through 14. And we'll join you again for another installment of For Such a Time as This, Episodes in Esther. God bless you and have a great day.